0: I'm Peter Bradders, and this week... On this week's edition, we are going to be looking at the recent goings-on in the NIHL Spring Cup Tournament. We'll also have a little look at the announcement made by the EIHA over a return-to-play tournament. As well as that, we're going to have a look at the German news... Both in the DEL and DL2, and also the NHL. And this is pull the goalie. Welcome to a pull the goalie podcast with your host Peter Brothers as ever. I've gone for a little change on this episode. I thought I would even dress up for the occasion. So, what have we got on the slate for this week? Well, we're going to be looking at the Spring Cup that is off and running currently within the UK. We'll also be looking at the German scene, both in the DEL and DEL2 And finally we will touch on things in the NHL over across the pond. Now I can see what you're asking for those that are watching this on video. Uh, Why the hell are you dressed up in your goalie gear? Well like I said I thought I would go for a little change on this episode so and the plan is, hopefully, week by week, I will try to see if I can wear a different jersey for every weekly episode, um, whether I can get it over the gold, the Kits, another matter. But I digress. So, we will look, as my notes tell me here, with the spring cup. That is taking place in the UK. Uh, That being the NIHL as part of the Return to Play formalities. Give me a second. So, it's a New Cup tournament. Five teams taking place. Two took place in the recently played streaming series. Uh, That was the Swindon Wildcats and the Sheffield Steel Dogs in that particular online event uh, it saw the Sheffield Steel Dogs as the champions of it however this is a new tournament and a new day so we now have three extra teams so it does feel like a kind of loosely britainised or anglicised original six original five as it would be um, the teams in question are joining the Wildcats and the Ducks. Uh, they would be the uh, Telford Tigers, the Bracknell Bees, who are playing their games, unfortunately, now in Slough. Um, no offence to Slough, kind of. Uh, and the uh, final remaining uh, team in this specialised return-to-play tournament is that of the London Raiders, who were based out of Romford. Pretty much the Romford Raiders. However, we will talk about what happened on last week's games, which was pretty much the Cats and Dogs weekend, so to speak. So the first game took place at the Link Centre down in Swindon, and so a Pretty much back and forth contest, in all fairness, uh, though the night belonged to two players, one on each team. For the Swindon Wildcats, you had player coach Aaron Nell having a really good night, to be honest, uh, with four points. However, it would be the Sheffield Steel Dogs and as far as I know, still, Peter repeats OHL player, Liam Kirk, who with no hockey going on over in the OHL as far as I know of uh, oh, at the time of this recording at least so he's returned home to get some hockey under his belt and playing for his hometown team, so you know, why not? Anyway, Kirk himself had a four-point night, along with Nell So, if we have a look at the scorers. So, looking at the summary of the game, it saw the Sheffield Steel Dogs taking a 1-0 lead after three minutes and one second. Uh, That was Liam Kirk grabbing his first of the game with Ben O'Connor and Ben Lake getting assists. Swindon then equalised with... Aaron Nell with an unassisted goal at 14-10 Second period pretty much carried on much in the same in the first really um, all the, the scorers were flicked uh, so Aaron Nell scored 40 seconds into the second stanza again unassisted uh, that put the Cats 2-1 up before Liam Kirk equalised on with David Phillips and Stanislav Alashek getting assists. That made it 2-2, or a Desmond. So, entering the third period, going in pretty much equal, level, even-steven, whatever you want to call it. However, it would see Sheffield running away with the game, Eventually, so Liam Kirk completed his hat trick at 4130 with Jonathan Phillips getting an assist to make it 3-2 Sheffield. Uh, they then open up a two-goal lead. Again, Liam Kirk on the power play. That came at 5143. Uh, that was with Jonathan Phillips again and Jason Hewitt. Oh, I mean, pretty much, it was a it was an, an old Sheffield boys' team, in a sense. Um, Swindon then replied through Aaron Nell, completing his own personal hat-trick to make it 4-3. Uh, that came at 57-30, with Thomas Malasinski's assist. And good to see him back. So that made it 4-3 to Sheffield. And then Ben O'Connor scored an empty net goal at 58-49 with Davy Phillips getting an assist. And then the final goal of the game came at 58-36 through Tom Rutkiss and the assist going to Ben Davis and Aaron Nell to see him collecting his fourth point of the night. Now, if it seemed a bit of a competitive game on the Saturday night, um, the Sunday night game, as close as the scores were, um, the game really was pretty over early in the second. So, the sides travelled up the M4, up the M1 to Sheffield... I Sheffield to be specific. Specific. Um, So if we look at them. So Sheffield jumped out to a 3-0 lead after the first. Uh, That was through goals from Ben O'Connor at 4.18. Uh, Liam Kirk and Jamie Spur getting in assists. Uh, Liam Kirk then grabbed his fifth point of the weekend. Uh, That was at 5.54 as he put Sheffield two goals to the good with assists going to Craig Elliott and John Phillips uh, 3-0 was then Jason Hewitt scoring at 6-29 with uh, Jamie Spur and Tim Smith getting helpers on that the fourth goal came in the early second period through Jamie Spur who considering all the talent that Sheffield has uh, at their disposal Unfortunately for them. um, He managed to get on the scoreline. So he made it 4-0 at 22-38. Assists going to local lad Craig Elliott. And not so local lad Stanislav Laszek. Swindon though did manage to get a bit of a a thing going late on. I say late on. So... Without trying to embarrass myself, I am going to just mouth and put the pronunciation on over this. So, seamless, I know. He scored at twenty-five thirty-seven, with assists going to Ben Davis and Jordan Kelsall. Uh, then, right at the end of the game, the Wildcats scored again. Through Reed Sayers, uh, that came at 59:12 with Sam Gottfried and Jordan Kelsall again getting his second point of the night, and saw Sheffield running out the winners on both nights. Though there was a slight bit of controversy, if sorts, uh, as Josh Batch put the puck in the net at the end of, I think it was the end of the game. Um, but the horn had sounded, um, so it would have been four three, but it didn't really make much difference to the to the scoreline. Effectively, um, right. I will give my take on this spring cup, which will pretty much pee some people off, as opposed to the other N I H L tournament that I will mention in a few minutes time Um, for me the spring cup does seem to be more of a case of for certain teams having an arms race to sign the top players and it not being a true reflection of pretty much what the NIHL tends to get called uh, which is like a development league. Though, in, in fairness, it's not a development It's its own entity. Um, but, you know, people just want to say it's a development league, it's a beer league, um, which isn't true. On occasions, it can be. But that's that's British ice hockey in a nutshell, in fairness. Um, but the only problem I have with it is having watched a lot of EPL games prior to when it was called the National Division or NIHL, um, it was pretty much a mixture of top talent and the youth. Now, I will go on record as saying I have not kept up to date with the squads. That said, it does seem very much of a case of teams just signing big name players because they they can do uh, the worry I have and I was reading it off the BIH website with uh, Tom Watkins I always want to say Terry Nutkins for him for some reason but, um, but Tom Watkins made a point of he'd already got his Telford team together but he did have some other players wanting to to play kind of for the Tigers. Um, But whether it's me reading into it a lot or maybe I'm just putting two and two together and coming out with the Shroud of Turin, um, it does seem a case of it's more high-waged players wanting to pretty much get game time Whereas those that have that can't get a break in the elite or never get a game or are pretty much held down in a sense, this would have been the ideal time to kind of showcase what this country has sadly that doesn't it never will be the case um so yes, and that was my daily rant of the week do what you know um so looking ahead to this week's games it sees the M4 derby involving the Swindon Wildcats and the Bracknell Bees Uh, the first meeting will take place at the Link Centre, the second meeting on the Sunday will feature the Bees and the Wildcats at the Slough Ice Rink so we'll see how the Bees go on new, New Home Ice the other games of the weekend is pretty much the same home and away. Uh, though on the Saturday, it will see the Telford Tigers playing host to the London Raiders, with the following day taking place down at Romford, with the Tigers heading to London Way. On the subject, as I said, of this other tournament that's going to take place. That is the NIHL I think North One Cup. Um, so pretty much a bit like the Spring Cup in streaming I what say streaming series. It is streaming series, sorry. Streaming service I always want to say. But, you know, it's just me rabbiting on. Um but yes, last week saw so the announcement that the North will feature a mini-tournament of sorts with the Blackburn Hawks, the Widness Wild, the Sheffield Senators, who were formerly the... sorry, the Sheffield Scimitars formerly the Senators, uh, as I've been told. And the other team is the Nottingham Lions. Now, it will see a round-wobbin round-wobbin sound like Jonathan Ross round-robin tournament um, where all games will be streamed as far as I know live on YouTube and it will pretty much feature all the youth of pretty much British talent so it's so if you imagine the this spring cup is the elite shall we say then this tournament would be almost how the National League would be, if you can understand me, where I'm coming from. Which won't be many of you, because no one understands me. I don't understand myself, but that's a, that's a different matter altogether. So, all games will be streamed on YouTube, uh, either on the YouTube platform or through the club's website which will probably still be through that channel. Um, so both teams will... face each other, as I say. How it's going to work then, probably just... Oh, it's a round run. It's all just be a tournament. No semis, finals. Um, but yes. To which I'm genuinely excited... for that actual tournament. Um, hopefully... it will take off. And hopefully we'll see some good young talent being shown, uh, to which hopefully maybe they can get bumped up to the national division, get some game time, and then maybe eventually go on to play in the elite. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a we'll have a star in the making. But it's definitely going to be one tournament I'm. L- Keenly looking forward to. So, we will move on to the German side of things. Because who doesn't like Germany? So, excuse me, excuse I, Charles. So, before we get on to the subject of the DL results and all that jazz Uh, it saw the announcement last week of the licenses that teams have to go through to say that they intend to play in that season or the following year Um, but it does seem very much old news um, in all fairness though it saw all 14 teams that currently take place in the DEL putting their names forward to still be in it However, it sees three teams from the DEL 2 also submitting applications to join the top flight. Uh, This is with the proviso that they actually come through and win the league slash playoffs um, to get the chance to come up to the DEL in the first place. So. The three franchises, or three outfits, that want to move up, Uh, that is the Bietigheim Steelers, the Lowen Frankfurt, and the Castle Huskies. Um, To which, on current standings, it would probably be the Huskies. But there's a long way to go just yet. Um... Though also, while we're on that fact, it has seen nine teams from the Oberliga, which is pretty much the the league below uh the third tier, if you will, uh putting their intentions forward of wanting to rise up into the d l two uh should they also win um so it could be an interesting summer of things for German Hockey. Moving as we will to the DL lingo sort of. So we'll start with the South. So it sees Adler Mannheim Uh, they are currently enjoying a five game winning streak as it stands after a few commanding performances pretty much in the southern group but i mean there's there's only a few teams that really stand out in the southern group but you yeah, know um, power of them not had it their own way let's put it that way um, especially the game against munich last week I saw them going at 5 goals to 1 in the ice hall in munich uh, that was before red bulls then scored three late goals to make it a one-goal game at 5-4, but the Eagles held on for a massive win in the standings. Shut the five hole. Um, ERC Ingolstadt, who I don't think I'm wrong in saying I predicted a few episodes ago that they would be up there eventually. And by God, there. Um, so, as we look, it sees Ingolstadt currently on a five-game winning streak, as we are standing at this point in time. Uh, that includes two heavy wins over their divisional rivals. Um, especially games against Nuremberg seem to be their favourites at the moment Um, I don't know why Um, maybe due to the 8-0 and 7-0 victories they've had over them Um, that could be one I I suppose Uh, but meanwhile at the bottom of the pile uh, you do have Nuremberg and Straubing who if the league had actually took place properly this season and there was no pandemic no Covid or anything then Straubing would have been playing in the Champions Hockey League this season Um, but it's almost a bit like second season syndrome in the fact that they just haven't for one reason or another hit the form they did last year Um, that said I've I've put down there is seven wins between them over the course of the season that is wrong as far as I know Uh, due to the fact that I probably forgot to edit last night's results as part of this so, you know, sorry team Um, but it did see Schraubing in one of their last games taking on the Schwenningen Wild Wings and coming out 5-1 victors uh, where they outshot their opponents of fifty-four to twenty-eight, um, and as my friend Lucas, who's a massive Tigers fan over in Germany, so evening Lucas, uh, oh guten Abend. So they're trying to form a bit of a a return to form of of such, if you like, moving to the north, and it sees. Iceberg and Berlin, they're leading the North Division by, you know, just the 10 points so far. Uh, This comes on the back of their first back-to-back road wins in pretty much over a year. Um, And over a year since they won three back-to-back-to-back games. uh, Which took place last night with a win down and slightly across to the west in the cathedral city of Cologne that said it saw a commanding 6-1 win over the Kreifeld or Kreifeld Penguins both at the Penguins' home rink and in the German capital of this past weekend or this past week I should say with two 6-1 victories over the Penguins However, the Friday night saw the bears beating the penguins, and then two days later... I don't know it wasn't, sorry. No, the following day, I tell a lie, um, it saw them travelling to Isalon to take on the roosters. And thankfully, the roosters didn't crow. It was the bears. Though so that was probably more the case of them growling, but as it is. Um, but for me, at least... Um, I put their resurgence down of sorts to their new signing new signing even uh, in Zach Boychuk or as he's commonly known that person that follows everyone on Twitter Um, so after three games of him going pointless um, he's currently the man in form um, as we will speak about later on. However, talking about Berlin's road record this season, um, so it sees them using the win-loss, overtime win and overtime loss method. Um, The Polar Bears are 4-3-0-2. And while their road record has been abysmal until pretty much last weekend Um, the same can't be said of their home record to which they have currently a magnificent 7 out of 7 at the Mercedes Benz Arena and where also their goal difference is 27 to 8 so yes it is vastly different To their away form. That had plagued them early doors. Moving on. So. Grizzly Wolfsburg. Who. are one of those teams. You just don't really know. What you're going to get from each game. But I mean there's a few teams like that in the north. Um, But for Wolfsburg at least. uh, They are on the ascend. Uh, So six straight wins, victories against Berlin, Bremerhaven who were pretty much the the setters in this group to begin with. Uh they've really just tailed off badly. Um so um but yes, it's like the the Noah said, they they had a stunning start to the season. They were I think they were six points clear at one point. Um, but then four straight defeats has pretty much seen their form just go <laughs> Pardon, um, and that has let Dusseldorf come in um, to I mean Dusseldorf is I'm trying to think which team I could Dusseldorf you could arguably say is the ooh this is a tough one I want to say Coventry in the side that they're in the mix when they're on form and when they're not on form they're probably the Coventry when they're not in form uh, which is pretty much the worst analogy you'll ever hear on a podcast or videocast or whatever form uh, the Cologne Sharks or Colner High um, I've put down are a betting person's nightmare. Um, Pretty much because they... When they are good, they are very good. When they are terrible, my god, they could give Krefeld a run for their money at being god-awful. So, like I said, they defeated Bremerhaven. And the game yesterday... Uh, which would have been on the 19th against Berlin, Uh, they took the lead against the uh, Polar Bears, but then just collapsed dramatically. Um, There was really no kind of way I can describe how bad Cologne played after that. Um, So they they took the lead, went 1-0 and then Fell apart. I, I mean, just fell apart, to be honest. Um, so, Colona sitting near bottom, whereas poor old Krefeld. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to know which they've. I mean, it's hard to know which one they've lost most uh, games or players um, to which you could. Pretty much do a show basically on players that have left uh, the team and gone on elsewhere. Um, but the latest in the long line of players leaving the Penguins is Vinny Zapanari as he joins DL2 leaders at Castle Huskies. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's definitely a change. A situation of pretty much save your money as best as you can. And just look towards next season now. Because this season is a wasted effort. Um, So looking at the standings. You've got the Mannheim on 42 in the south. Uh, They are followed by Red Bull Munich on 31. Ingolstadt is on 30, Augsburger Panthers are on 25, Uh, Schrodinger Wild Wings who have pretty much been in the top 4 all season until this past weekend, um, they're in 5th on 23, the Straubing Tigers are on 18 and the Nuremberg Ice Tigers are on 11. Moving to the north standings. And Berlin atop, as I said, on 38 points. Uh, They are then leaving Dusseldorf and Wolfsburg, who are both on 28 points in their wake. Uh, Bremerhaven are on 26. Uh, Isilon are on 24. Cologne is on 23. In bottom of the pile is that of the Krefeld Penguins. Now, moving to proceedings into DEL 2. Just let me have a a little swig. No sponsorship deals here. So, as I said the Castle Huskies are leading the way in DL 2 much like they have done pretty much all year, uh, they have an, possibly an unlucky lead of sorts, with a 13-point lead. Uh, that is ahead of rivals tolzo Uh And aside from North Hessin, though, they are currently enjoying a six-game winning streak. Um, but as I've written, they're head and shoulders... Um not to be confused with the hair shampoo company. But they are massively But they are massively ahead. Um so if we look at the notes that I have written so Lowen or Tolza Lowen, uh after two losses last week uh to Crimisol and the vice-versa Foxes to which 4-2 up at home you'd think you'd close the, close it out thankfully it partly well, I say yes um, the Foxes came back to win 5-4 uh, I think it's their second win since they got rid of former Nottingham Pan for head coach and legend at the club there in Corey Nielsen Um so they've got a new coach but they are looking for a brand new one um for Bietigheim uh, the Steelers who were second in the standings for a few weeks or so um despite the fact they had three straight wins and ended up with five goals in every game in them three wins um they kind of hit a bit of a bump during the week, uh, as they took on Landshut, um and got hammered six goals to one uh, against I was going to say the ninth place but they were not ninth, I think they were ten for eleventh um, but we'll kind of come to that in a bit um, so yeah, they've kind of hit a bit of a road bump so to speak however one team that is truly side in form is that of Freiburg and Pete Russell's team uh, as they have a six game winning streak ongoing Uh, that's mainly thanks to a couple of big wins in truth Um, a 2-1 win over Bietigheim that was followed up with a 3-2 win at Ravensburg who again were one of these sides that keep swapping second and third Um, but then the last couple of days they've took on the vice-versa Foxes just won a shootout last night, sorry the two nights ago Uh, and last night took a 2-0 shutout win over the Foxes so that sees them rising up to third speaking of Ravensburg though uh, as I said they've kind of fallen off in recent times Um, they they did manage to snap their 5 game losing streak in recent times Um, if I can stop saying recent times Um, so that was after they'd beat uh, Heilbronner and then defeated Dresden so they're on a 2 game winning streak at least um the situation at the bottom in the play downs um so again, I've put notes that are actually incorrect at this point. Um, but it does remain that teams from 9th down to thirteenth in the standings, it sees a massive three point gap. Pretty much from nine to thirteen. Um so and the team that's kind of just out of the long form of the playoffs is the Bayreuth Tigers. Um, so we'll kind of look at the, the standings, shall we? So going from 14 upwards, so you've got the Heilbronner Falcons in 30, on 33 points in 14th, uh that that is followed by Weisswasser in thirteenth on thirty seven uh Badenauheim on thirty nine Bayreuth Tigers on thirty-nine as well uh, they're in eleventh then you've got Dresden Ice Ice Lines on forty uh on thirty seven uh Korsbarin on forty three Kremitzau on 49, Frankfurt on 51, Ravensburg on 52, uh, Bietigheim on 57, as well as Freiburg, who uh, are a place above in third, Uh, Tolzaloewen on 58, and of course, the runaway leaders is that of the Castle Huskies. So we will not come to the end but we are fairly close to the end and so we will have a brief little gander of sorts at the NHL as it currently sits prior to the games taking place on Friday night uh, mainly due to the fact that I've not really looked at it and I can include it for next week should I do another show Um, so we will look at the central division which is, is a very bizarre league to put it one way um, so I will double click so as you can tell this isn't the most scripted pretty much show you'll ever come across, but then again it never is, so it's pretty much this- similar thing. Um, so, yes. But I had put uh, just talking what she says. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, first place in the central down to fourth is a point separation of four points. Uh, two teams that at the time of writing uh, were first and second. Um, that was the Florida Panthers and the Chicago Blackhawks. uh, They were two teams that no one really kind of gave much hopes for for this season. Um, Obviously they are doing something because they wouldn't be up near top. Um, That said though, they are challenging the two teams that was predicted to be up at the top. Uh, That being, of course, your Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as the kind of up-and-comers, you could say, in recent times, in the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Looking at the only couple of notes I have, which won't surprise you, it's Florida and Chicago. Um, But Florida... To which not many people will know this, um, because I don't think many people do, Um, but Florida became the last team in the entire league to be the final side to lose a regulation game. Uh, The previous team, or the second from last team, that managed to achieve this was the Washington Capitals. Uh, but that was before the Bruins beat him. but I'm kind of going slightly off topic here Um, but yes, of all teams to inflict this loss against them uh, was the Detroit Red Wings uh, with a 4-1 win Um, uh, Detroit do like to just pick these little times to show how good they can be often than not, don't really show it. Um, however, since then, they've won four of their last five, asterisks, uh, with their second regulation loss coming at home against their Sunshine State rivals in the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, which came in a crushing 6-1 to loss. In the case of the Chicago Blackhawks, Um, they're one of the couple of form teams in the central as well uh, as they've got six out of seven wins asterisk, uh, with four of those wins coming from either wins in overtime or shootouts um, the only loss in that little winning streak of such came against the Columbus Blue Jackets um, when two late efforts sunk the Blackhawks on that day Uh, though the Hawks did get revenge the next day on them so Uh, that said though, Chicago blanked the Red Wings in an original six game last night which obviously must have been a Wednesday night yeah, probably was a Wednesday night when I did this When I was meant to do this originally. Um, As goals, thanks to Philly Kuryshev and Alex Debrinken, who scored with an empty net goal, made it a 2 0 win, and see the Hawks well and truly in with a chance of making the playoffs. Moving as we do to the West and it's for Middle West is one of them kind of conferences who I mean for me it doesn't fill me with much interest as opposed to the other three conferences, but that's my opinion and I'm entitled to it, so go away. Leave me alone. Um so yes, uh, the most unpredictable division, you have to say though, um, where you've got the Golden Knights, which most of these notes are pretty much out of date. I have to be honest. Um, but yeah, so I may I may have to skirt around some of these notes as they are out of date. Um, but that said, Colorado and the Arizona Coyotes. Um, are the two teams currently in a bit of good form uh, as they've won three of their last five uh, both bouncing back after respective losses despite the fact that the Coyotes lost two um, losses but still bounce back um the Californian teams who haven't covered themselves in much glory in recent seasons Um, they all currently sit outside the playoffs Um, in truth they don't look like making the playoffs Um, but it might surprise you that the side with the most shutouts in the division uh, with three and at the time of this I'd put a point behind the Coyotes in fifth um, is that of the Anaheim Ducks um, to which shows you how sad my life is when even I write how many shutouts teams get um, which I actually think is an interesting start when I've looked at it um, to which it has pretty much seen the West being shut out central um, not to be confusing the central division So, you've got the St. Louis Blues, who have won. Uh, The same as the Colorado Avalanche, the Arizona Coyotes, and the LA Kings. Uh, Vegas has two shutout victories, while the Ducks have three. Um, And the New York Islanders pretty much have more than... Nearly the North and the Central combined. But we will get on to them. Oh, what a fantastic segue we have. Uh, The East. Uh, Boston, as my notes tell me, and I will double-check, and it still rings true. Um, Boston currently holds the lead in the East, ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers, by pretty much a couple of points. Um... With the Islanders in third place. Uh, but we'll come to the standings in a wee bit. Uh, speaking of the Islanders though. Uh, they're one of the hottest teams in recent times. Um, as they have won five of their last six. Though saying that, looking at my notes. It is probably five of the last seven. Um They snapped the Bruins' five-game winning streak, to which the Isles currently have the most shutouts in the league to date, with five. Um, Two, coming against their neighbours, the New York Rangers. uh, One of my teams. Um, Yes, you can have two. Go away. Um, So, moving to the Washington Capitals as I said we would kind of do Uh, the Capitals had a great start to the season unbeaten for a pretty much a long while from from memory Um, I think it was the Sabres might have ended it but as it is Uh, four straight losses asterisks before bouncing back against the Pittsburgh Penguins in I think it was their second game or third game Uh, of the series Um, to which watching Ovechkin v Crosby always entertaining games Um, sometimes it's not even about the two players Um, but yes so if we move from the good teams in the east we go to the bottom end of the division Um, to which it's a sorry state of affairs for the buffalo sabers and the new york rangers um i have put the loosely the new jersey devils but they haven't played enough to kind of warrant to be in this chat uh, so if if this was a if this was a zoom call it would pretty much just say new jersey have left the chat um i mean the the, the sabers and the rangers did pick up a win again. Against um, the Flyers the other night in a penalty shootout in a 3-2 game. Uh, That came on the back of a a 5-2 loss against the New Jersey Devils. um, In which New Jersey hadn't played for 10 days due to COVID. So, yeah. Not the best. Now we come to the North. And I will definitely need a drink for this bit. So, we will start at the top. So we have your Toronto Maple Leafs, still on top of the tree for now at least, although it has seen some cracks appearing within the Maple Leafs, Um, especially the two games that took place at the last weekend and then the start of the week, Uh, both for different reasons. Um... A 2-1 home loss against the Montreal Canadiens with two goals for Montreal, sealing the Leafs' fate. Um, That was before two days later, the Leafs, being the Leafs, blowing a 5-1 lead against their Ontario neighbours in Ottawa. Lowly Ottawa, who, as much as they are slightly on the return... Bubble, if you will, but not that much on the, the return. Um, it's all the say, say, but It's all the Senators scoring three third-period goals to take it to an overtime, and then Evgeny Dendinov scored the both the tying goal and the winning goal to give the Sens a win over their successful neighbors, uh, staying of course with the Canadian capital team Um, so as I said after a terrible start to the season um, things just seem to get worse however it has seen possibly the light at the end of a long dark tunnel Um, this was after they'd played the Winnipeg Jets and where their their record against Winnipeg was a 2-12-1, and so yeah, it didn't look very likely they were going to achieve anything. However, a late goal or late redirect by Brady, uh, Brady Kachuk, uh, he helped snap the Senators' losing streak to give them a 2-1 win in Winnipeg. And then completed, as I said, the stunning comeback victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs during the week. However, you can't keep Ottawa out of the news pages. So, prior to the Winnipeg game, it saw a trade involving the Senators and the Carolina Hurricanes. This then in turn saw a couple of days later seeing Toronto getting in the mix as well. So we will quickly touch on this trade deal. So, starting at the beginning. So Saturday saw Carolina acquiring Cedric Paquette as well as Alex Gelcheniuk from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, That then saw... Them heading to Ottawa and from. Oh, sorry. Then going from Carolina to Ottawa and Ottawa. Let me start again because I'm slightly drunk. So, Cedric Paquette and Alex Galchenyuk went from Carolina. No, well, they did. Ignore what I'm talking about. I have no clue what I'm talking about. Basically, Paquette and Galchenyuk, um went to Carolina from Ottawa and then from Carolina to Ottawa I can get things correct sometimes uh, saw the return of Ryan Dezingle uh, that was after nearly two years of the Sens trading him away previously. So nice to be back. Uh, this in turn saw two days later where Toronto... Snapped up Galchenyuk and saw him heading back up north with Igor Kozkov and David Wachowski. Wachowski, I'm terrible at names. Uh, they headed to the Hurricane State of Carolina. So, Galchenyuk's third team, I believe, this season. Uh, almost as many clubs as Tiger Woods, as the joke goes. Ending with two teams that are always entertaining, of them being the Sads from Alberta. So both teams in recent times have hit a bit of form of late, you could say. Um, In the shape of Calgary, uh, their Kryptonite of late seems to be the Vancouver Canucks. to which have inflicted two straight losses on them, in not in recent games. That said, the flames, I say have been red hot. Um, six wins from nine, obviously prior to that defeat. Um, so really, it's kind of six wins from ten, effectively, moved move on. Uh, meanwhile, the Oilers again, asterisks uh, seven wins from their last nine games and last night and I think tonight, we'll see the Battle of Alberta reignited ignited again um, after the last couple of games I saw Calgary and Edmonton facing in Particularly, I mean, it comes almost on the back of the, the brawl they had the previous year. Um, but yeah, it's—I mean—they're always entertaining games when it's when it's involving Edmonton and in Calgary. I mean, the, the Battle of Alberta is one of them great rivalries in the game. Um, but yeah, so the the last time it saw Calgary running out victors but I will spoil you and say that Edmonton won last night Um, 3-2 oh sorry 2-1 even Uh, so yeah as I say this isn't the most correct podcast sorry Um, so yes And a new section I've decided to bring in is Team of the Week and Player of the Week. Um, To which it's Players of the Week for this time around. Um, So my Team of the Week I've given is the Ottawa Senators. Why, I hear you ask? Well, I give it Ottawa because they may never again have a week like this. Um, so I thought, why the hell not? Um, plus, yeah, I'm wearing a Canadian jersey, so, you know, give the Canadian capital what they want. Uh, Players of the week goes to both Liam Kirk in the Sheffield Steel Dogs as his five-point haul of the weekend, uh, which included four goals and an assist. But really, the true player of the week belongs to that of Zach Boychuck. Um To which he has... To which I don't even think I've edited this, or so it may be even more impressive. Um, but his recent four-point haul, of, or four-point game streak, so to, so to say. I know what I mean. Um four games he's got a point in basically so i have give it to Zach Boychuk um, I mean there's, there's no need of me really trying to get a follow because I already have one because uh, I'm one of the lucky ones you see uh, so he has three goals and two assists over the last s- seven to eight days um, but yes he is the true player of the week um, that pretty much brings an end to everything um, hopefully this has been a better episode than normal um, so if you've enjoyed it thank you very much for for listening and getting almost over an hour or over an hour into this proceedings and um, It's always awfully kind to have people watch me and listen to me go on with myself, which I do a lot. Um, Oh, that was it. Standings in the NHL. So, very, 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 very quickly. Um, Central, from bottom to top. Red Wings, Nashville Predators, Dallas Stars, Columbus Blue Jackets... Tampa Bay Lightning, Chicago Blackhawks, Carolina Hurricanes, and the Florida Panthers. The East, bottom to top, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, and the Boston Bruins. In the North. From bottom to top, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto, and the west, bottom to top, San Jose, Minnesota, Anaheim, Los Angeles, Arizona, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis that slight bit of note Um, next weekend we'll see the outdoor games at Lake Tahoe Uh, they feature of course the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights Uh, while the following game on the Sunday will pick the Philadelphia Flyers and the Boston Bruins a almost repeat I think of the 20 whatever um, outdoor game that happened in Boston at Fenway Park so that truly is the end of this week's episode Uh, thank you for watching, thank you for listening Uh, share like, subscribe why, I don't know. Uh, but yes, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.